Welcome to the Simply Is Coffee Shop, guys. We have an extremely special guest today, someone that is very near and dear to me and everyone here at Simply Hit and Skywalk. (laughs) (laughs) To know her is to love her. She exudes the love of Jesus and the joy of the Lord Mm -hmm. so beautifully. She has been my friend and a mentor to me for many years now. I've mentioned her many times on the show. Please help me welcome the one and only Lynn Williams. <laughs> so it's only fitting that we have you on the show at some point. Yeah, we've so, talked about you enough. Yes, we have <laughs> talked about you it's quite a good. few times. It's all been good stuff. Yeah, Lynn's always there to save me yes, because I can't <laughs> do everything myself. So just just to tell the audience and stuff how we met. In our small town, Joe had come <laughs> and started a guitar shop. Yep. My husband has played guitar since he was young, and he doesn't pass a guitar shop. He no. pulls in and <laughs> tries them either. out. And so he made it a regular stopping place to stop at the guitar shop. And I started hearing about, well, Joe said, and <laughs> Joe has. And um, <laughs> so it wasn't long before Joe and Stan, my husband, had a very good relationship, very close mm-hmm. friends. And they started up the band called Broken for Good that Nita plays drums on and Joe plays guitar and, and the James bass players behind the bass, the bass. Bass players right there behind the camera. Yeah, just. bass player right there behind the camera I'm looking at. And even before that, the Horn family was so gracious. Whenever there was a birthday or a special occasion, they included Stan and I. <laughs> so I got to meet them all very yeah. early on. And... During that time, I was a manager at an Asian restaurant, and managers wind up a lot of time being the waitress, which I did. Yep. And Joe and Catherine would come in, and (laughs) I would wait on them, and got to see them then, too. And then one day, Joe says, well, Lynn, what are you going to do after this? Because the boss was talking about quitting and going to Vietnam, where he came from. And I said, you know, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up yet. (laughs) And I remember him looking at me and and Catherine looking at me and said, we know. We want you to come to Skywatch. And I'm like, okay. So they set me up for an interview and I got to go in and speak with Nita and Catherine to see if they wanted this person to do anything for them. (laughs) So it's been about eight years now. And it's been... A very fun ride, and it's been great to add to the family. Yeah, never have enough family. Take them all in, love them all. They're all wonderful. Your yep. your family, wherever you are, mm-hmm. your neighborhood, your church, your community, your workplace. Yep, reach out and love them. And that's one thing that Lynn does very well is she loves Goodness. all of us yeah. so well. Mm-hmm. So if you ask any of the warehouse ladies, they know Lynn always checks on everybody and she always makes sure everybody is happy because like I said in the opener, 
<laughs> she does exude the joy of the Lord so well, and she she passes that to all of us. So when For we're sure. having our bad days, Lynn is always there to cheer us up. Yeah, <laughs> I do not look at what shoes they have on, what outfit they have on, how their hair is fixed. I tend to look at eyes and faces and smiles, <laughs> and the eyes tell you so much. Mm-hmm. They just do. You can just tell when somebody is sad or glad or stressed. <laughs> Bug out a little farther. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I couldn't tell you anything about the other things, but I can usually tell you if somebody says, did you see, you know, Stan said, did you see Catherine today? Did you see Joe today? I can say, yeah, I did. I, I think it was a little hard day or, yeah, they were having a great day today. <laughs> I can say that, but I don't know what they had on. If you ask me what color shirt it was, I'd be lost. <laughs> So part of the reason, though, that we wanted to have Lynn on, too, was to talk a little bit about her cancer journey. So she has been diagnosed with cancer twice in the last two years. So tell us about the first diagnosis and what you were doing when you found that out. Sure. One thing that's been fun here for me at Skywatch is I've got to do about every job there yep, is to do, much. which is very exciting to learn the whole thing. So during that time, I was out at the ranch and helping train the little ponies and, mm-hmm. and doing the camp thing, and it was such a blessing. And I had to go back and look. On June the 22nd of 2020, I was in the office eating my lunch and a ranch hand came in the door, and he was standing at the door talking about what we we're going to do that afternoon. And I stood up, and I knew right then that things weren't right and headed for the bathroom. And that is when I called Stan, and I said, something's going on. And he said, call the doctor now. I felt fine. It had been a great day. <laughs> and so I went home. They got me right into the doctor. And she said, well... This is usually a sign that you got something going on. You probably have to have a hysterectomy. But we'll check it out and see what's going on. And she said, so you'll, you go through the things that they send you through. You have a biopsy and you have a CAT scan. And mm-hmm. you go from, it's getting to be old hat for me now, which is <laughs> a sad thing to say. <laughs> so that afternoon, I'd seen the doctor. And all the way through this, You have to go with the fact of, God, help me make the right choices. Mm -hmm. What's happening right now? And what do I need to do that brings you glory? What do I need to do that puts you first and not me? And they said, you'll, you know, from the biopsy, you'll you'll hear in a couple weeks. And they called the next day. And they said, Okay, you are going to have a hysterectomy. You have endometrial cancer in your uterus. And my understanding is that the uterus has three layers. Mm-hmm. And um, I am the grandmother of 11 grandchildren, the mother <laughs> of four, and the great-grandmother of three. So I was done with that part. <laughs> uh, my four had done quite well. So... Um, the thought of the hysterectomy wasn't hard at all. That was, that was fine. And, you know, you think, okay, you know, if you go in there and you take it out and you, you get it all, it's wonderful. Right. So they set me up real soon 
They were always amazed. It happened really fast. They were always amazed because they would tell me, oh, it'll be two weeks. And then they'd call me the next day or they'd call me yep. the minute I walked in the door at home. Yeah. I, okay, God, you're, you're in control of this, not me. Yep. And um, so I was set up for hysterectomy August the 11th. I haven't had any health problems. I hadn't been in the hospital except to have children, which is just kind of like a visit. <laughs> Punch in, punch out. They don't even let you stay there for vacation very long. Now they send you right out. (laughs) So, you know, I'm laying there and I'm thinking, okay, God, I have never been in the spot where I am going under all this anesthetic. Right. And I know things don't always go right when you do this. I have no idea how I will react. Yeah. You know, you're just praying, God, if. You know, it's the point I want to come to every day. God, if this is the last day, if this is the last hour, if this is the last minute I have with mm-hmm. you, with them, help me be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. Help me to love them. Help <laughs> me to show them joy. Wow. Help them to, me to point them towards you because that's why I'm here again. Yeah, that's right. it. So, you know, you're going under and God's word is amazing. If you put it within your life, he draws it out of you at the time you need it. He draws the one verse or passage or story out at the time you need it. He's there with it. And oh, the songs, Mm -hmm. the songs you can sing. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to sing it out loud or, you know, technician might not appreciate it, (laughs) but but they're there. The the old ones that you learned growing up, like... um, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him six days to make the moon and the stars, the sun and earth and Jupiter and Mars. Yeah. How lucky I must be because he's still working on me. Yeah. 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 So you just go to those spots that he puts within you to hear his words. And yes, I came out of surgery and woke right up and everything was dandy and Stan <laughs> was by my side and they said it all went well. And I would hear in two weeks if it was a success, if they got all the cancer. And it was two weeks that time. <laughs> they were correct on they that They were. One. I went home and... Yeah, the group chat was, has anybody heard? I yeah. Know. heard. No, 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 what's going no, on? No, haven't heard a thing. No, I'm fine. I'm doing fine. I'm <laughs> sitting down. They, oh, Nita. They told me I had to sit down for six weeks I and take know. it easy. Oh, my goodness. I think that was the hardest part for you. <laughs> Just to sit still. I couldn't go water She's a my flowers. I couldn't. I went out and walked the yard because they told me I could walk, and it is so hard to walk the yard and see weeds in the flowers that Damn. need to be pulled. <laughs> you just leave them there and walk on. Oh my god! But for you especially, no, yeah. no but doubt. it went went very well, and um, so that came back that they had it all. They had they had got all the cancer, all the uh, borders. Mm-hmm. That's what they call them. Are yep, clear. Yep. They had taken. Everything in there out, they thought they could. They had gone the uterus, the fallopian tubes, the ovaries, and then off of the ovaries go all these little pathways to lip nodes Mm -hmm. that are all over there. So they took a whole bunch of those. And the way the pathology report read and the doctor explained it to me was the lip nodes were fine that they took. There was nothing in them, but the little pathways that go from there to the lymph nodes showed signs of cancer. Wow. But so they were saying they'd got it all. And then they give you all this information where they tell you, well, 
if you have radiation, your chances of this cancer coming back on you will be 20%. If you don't have it, it will be 40%. So once again, you're, you know, asking God, this is another choice I'm making. Mm -hmm. What what do I do? do? What What do I do do with this choice? And of course, I'm going to stand. What, What do you think? What do you feel? And he's always sweet and says what he thinks. And then it comes back and he goes, but it's you. (laughs) <laughs> what? How do you feel? And uh, so I decided to have the radiation, which is a real trip. Mm. You know, I have so much more empathy, mm-hmm. sympathy, admiration for anybody who has gone through these things down. Yeah. I think God takes us through things sometimes just knowing we're going to understand people a lot better who've gone through the same thing. Yep. Cut them a little more slack, give them a little more grace. Yep. Because we know now that, right. wasn't, that wasn't hard. You know, anybody yep. that's raised teenagers, oh boy, yeah, we have so much more empathy for you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's those things that, that help us to grow. And God wants us to grow each day. He doesn't want us to stay. One of the thoughts that that hit me when they asked me if I would come here and sit and talk with these folks (laughs) was um, Joe had come to me one day and he said, Lynn, do you believe that I'm the same guy you knew way back when? Can you believe that the difference in my life from then till now? And I said, oh, Joe, it's, it's amazing what God does through us. And I said, God doesn't want anybody any of us to be the same as we were. Right. He has so much more for yeah. us. Yeah, we're not called to be stagnant. We aren't. Yeah. We are not called to be stagnant. He is working on us from glory to glory. He's changing yeah. me. Yeah. Changing me. And change can be so hard. It can be hard. It's between that rock and the hard place where our faith grows, where our understanding goes, where we seek God more, where mm-hmm. we pray more. Those are the places where we learn to depend on him more because we don't have what we need to get through it. He has to be there. Well, and I think that's one of the things, too, that all of us that have watched your journey going through the cancer the first time and everything, has that's been the biggest thing that we've all noticed, you know. So she'll go get her, her treatments and whatever, and then she'll come... After her treatment day, she'll send out an update to all of us because, you know, we're always, so what was the news? What, what happened? What, right, what was right. the thing? So just to make it easy, we have a, a messenger group chat that we all can post in and read what, what's happening and stuff. So she'll update us. But the thing that always, always, always shines through is like, okay, Lord, who can I minister to while I'm getting treatment? Who can, mm-hmm. Whose life can I touch? Oh gosh, and yeah. it's been mm-hmm. an incredible journey just to even be a part of, to watch. Yeah. It's been very incredible. Yeah. People could put it in much more flowery language and say probably what I say in that message a little different than I do. I tend to take people right through what I felt and right through what happened <laughs> down to the yucky stuff. I'm, you know, I'm sending this to that my family at work and yeah. my family at home and my church family all got the same message every time. <laughs> and it was when I stepped in the door, who I saw, what I felt, what happened. You know, the, the radiation treatments were, 
standard, maybe many of you have even done this, where there were 25 treatments, and two of them were internal, and that had to be the worst. And I explained how bad that hurt, that I'd Mm -hmm. never felt a pain like that, and how odd it felt to be rolled into a room and told that you had to lay still, which you don't move anything for about an hour. And you're in this room by yourself and your own physicist. I'd never had a physicist before, but they introduced (laughs) me to my own physicist. Comes in with his little box that looks like a little Geiger counter. And he holds it over the machine and then he runs it over me and back over the machine. And then he hollers, all clear. And they did that before and after the treatment where they explain to you that this radiation that we're putting to you and what size it is. And you lay there in that room alone with this light that's red up in the corner that says radiation is in this room. Oh, my gosh. So when that light's on, nobody else comes in ever. And so you feel, you know, if it wasn't for, (laughs) I don't know how, people go through this without a God that is caring for them and loving Mm -hmm. for them because you are so alone in there and you don't know what's happening to you and it's very, very scary. So I just sang songs to myself and rewrote the words to one that says, He will hold me fast because my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. Mm -hmm. Knowing that He's what's going to get me through this. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, It always amazed me, you know, through this journey, how absolutely, incredibly, infectiously positive mm-hmm. you stayed mm-hmm. and remained a constant. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, some of us in this room, um, <laughs> you know, probably would complain and murmur and mutter and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do your work, Lord, what's happening, you know? Why me? Why me? Yeah, yeah. poor, poor, pitiful yeah, me. Yeah, right at the start of it, I remember hearing somebody speaking that said, that she said, instead of saying, why me, Lord, she said, why not me? Why what not a perspective me? flip. What a flip to put on it. Yeah. That we would, yeah. I mean, who goes out there and says, I want to suffer. Right. Sign me up. Uh, Sign me, me up. Pick not me. praying for suffering or patience, either one. <laughs> You're going to get both. Sharice yeah, right. <laughs> and I did talk the other day about health and the difference it makes to have a joyous spirit, to mm-hmm. find that side, to look at that side instead of, oh no, everything's, right. everything's going down and everything's getting worse and everything's getting bad and what if and what if and what if. And instead of, I have no control over that. It's, it's God that I have to give it to. Yeah. And like I said, if I'm not here tomorrow, right. what right. have I done today to right. show him to somebody else, to allow him to speak through me to somebody? It's... Um, always amazing to see when you sit in a room with a lot of people who are going through what you are you can see the different ones you can see the mm. ones that are going right oh i don't i don't think i'm going to make it and you see the ones that look just as bad that are sitting there with a smile on their face yeah. talking to mm-hmm. their neighbor and saying you know isn't it a wonderful day isn't today wonderful and they've got ivies going and, yeah yeah but To get to that point, everybody wants to be to that point. To get there, you really do have to surrender and know that your life isn't your own. We so often try to take it up as our own. Right, right. I'm going to make decisions for what I want. This is how I want it to go. Right. 
And it's not. Yeah. It's not ours. Our decisions are the best that we can make with God's help. And believe me, he's going to direct it. Right. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and yes, he will he direct will. your path. And he I'm going, will. Lord, I acknowledge you, and, and you've sent me down the path of cancer. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, you know, having gone through a health crisis myself years ago, you know, was there anything specific or, or you know, through this journey um, that made you question your faith maybe? Or have any doubts? I don't think I ever had any doubts, Sharice. And, you know, like I said, if I step out the door and the bus hits me. Right. I've always said, I'm not afraid to die, but I sure would like not to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, Joe says that all the time. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not afraid to die, but I really just don't want to feel crummy while it's happening. Yeah. And once again, that's not my choice. That's not what God has to teach me whatever right. he's however he's changing my character inside of me right to be more christ-like i wrote down mahatma gandhi's mm. one of his sayings was he said i like your christ i do not like your christians yeah they are not like your christ mm-hmm. and christian means christ-like yeah or it's supposed to it's supposed to Allegedly. so when the world may hate us. The Bible says it does. Right, mm-hmm. right. The world hates it. us. But boy, is it hard not to look like a hypocrite to somebody. Mm. But I'm telling you, you can't use that as an excuse. You can't say, well, they say they're a Christian, but they did this, this, and this. So I'm not going right. to do that. That is your own choice between you and God. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that person you're looking at. You have to look at the one perfect person there was, and that right, was yeah. Christ. Yeah. And be Christ-like yeah. as much as you possibly And how can. much of an example to us is she? Honestly. I don't feel special. <laughs> well, ma'am, you are. Well, I don't feel lump it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. So you were able to beat that cancer and that yes cancer for two years gone. you go in and every three months they do a cat scan they do blood tests they check to make sure everything nothing there looks great you know and i'm like thank you lord thank you so much thank mm-hmm. you thank you thank you so then i had those two years and the next one came along because because of strange things that happen in strange ways. Right. <laughs> when they had done, when you finish one thing of cancer off and they do a scan of your body and they do markers, they mark every little spot that they can find on your skin to say, oh, you might have a little cyst here in your kidney and it looks like over here in your bladder you've got some little spot that's probably just this, this. And up here on your lung, there's a little place on your lung here that is too small to even say what it might be. You know, you think... So two years, you just go on and do what you do. And all through the two years with good health habits and things. I came back remarkably, just remarkably fast. The doctors were like, wow, you're doing, you're doing great. You come back to work and you're zipping around. I'm like, (laughs) ma'am, 
What are you doing? Stop it. You can't do that. Don't do that. Don't get other people point. We had to threaten her when she came back to work basically and said, if you do this, Mm -hmm. you are going to be in so much trouble. So he's like, we're going to just duct tape you to your chair. So make sure you stay there. I don't do very good duct tape to my chair. I know. And you were doing a lot of nutrition, though, too. Yes, very much so. With our Eden's products especially. I had been on, I mean, never fail, never miss Mm. with them. I had the fermented mushrooms, the fermented beets, the fermented turmeric, the vitamin C, the vitamin D, all that stuff. The first time on this first cancer when I went through camp that year, 2020, we did not have it because of COVID. So it was shut down Mm -hmm. and, you know, a a lonely year because (laughs) you couldn't see anybody and do things. I, you know, your own family and stuff, they caution you on things to, you know, make sure you're my children called my grandchildren little Petri dishes that they carried around viruses and things that they didn't want me to get. So there were there was distance there sometimes, and um, so that made it a little, a little hard. But work was a wonder. It was great to go to work, and and I'm not in anybody's face there. I'm putting books in boxes and deciding what big old crate of books to put where to fill up the <laughs> warehouse with. And thank you, every one of you who helped support us and support Whispering Ponies with your orders. I there are lots of days when God will stop me with a label of someone. Oh, wow. And I will say, okay, Lord, just like the little horses would stop you somewhere and say, (laughs) you know, stay here a minute Mm -hmm. and look at that label and say, okay, God, whatever Mm -hmm. you have today for this person, you know, I'm praying for this person that Mm -hmm. show yourself to them, be with them, help the literature and the books in this to mean something to them and flap goes the label and on goes the box. And (laughs) so that is a fun part, but it, you know, as it was hard for everybody through this to the loneliness of it. Yeah. But oh lonely God. and sick is, adds on to it. Right, yes. Do not let that drag that you down. play into your mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But it went by just fine. And like I said, everything was going great. And um, so we go to chapter two. <laughs> chapter two. So what you don't expect that comes down the road The unexpected is the thing that sometimes is the hardest to keep the attitude with. Mm. I know. Sharice was talking the other day. She had a car that she gets ready to drive out of her driveway, (laughs) and all of a sudden, have mercy. Smoke starts rolling in, and she starts grabbing the things that are important to get out of the car because what is going on? Yeah. The very unexpected at a time when you're on your way to do something, and it's it's right there. <laughs> and she was fine. The car didn't blow up. <laughs> Did it? Thank the Lord. No, it was very scary though. But but you know, looking back in the moment, like we were talking, you know, in the moment you're frantic and panicking and I'm literally throwing things into the grass and at that moment I'm thinking I've got appointments for this car at this place at this time and this got aligned and that got aligned and now this and then you know it takes a minute for my husband to go but ma'am you weren't on the highway yeah I wasn't that far away from you yet to the Mm -hmm. job side that I couldn't get turned around and back to you had that, you know, and I'm, I'm, my brain's going, we just filled this with gas. I mean, you know, all the things, you know, so, you know, what a, what a way to flip perspective 
yeah. and to be thankful for the things that it's so hard to, you know, how are you thankful for your vehicle almost blowing up? Well, because it could have been next to my house. It could have been in my house. Mm-hmm. It could have been, you know, all the things. So I think that, you know, like what we were talking about is how some of these situations and circumstances really kind of, you just have to think for a minute and go, okay, wait. You know, in some in an episode mm-hmm. that we've done before, it's like doubt your doubt. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to stop and give it a minute. Yeah, because our humanness goes, and then it's like, no, yeah, no, this world's not my home. That's right. And these are things, and they're not eternal. Right. Mm-hmm. They're passing by, and let's stick to the eternal stuff and what what lasts. You know, and through that first one, I know it's when Tom and Nita both went through COVID, and mm-hmm. to feel. Mm. You know, yes, you're there and you're praying for them very earnestly that all is going according to God's will and His plan, whatever right. that could be. And to, you know, of course with me, it's because I'm a wife like Nita and I know it's like, Lord, you know, you are the healer. You can yes. do this. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. You can. And to get to that point where you're, Surrendering again. Surrender, yeah. That surrender is where we find our peace, I think. It's when we finally Mm. total surrender. It's the, it doesn't matter. You've got it. Whatever it is, it's okay. Because, you know, I'd say one of my favorite verses, of course, Misha put it on a cup for me, is (laughs) it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Yeah, yeah. So to think, okay, this, this isn't me. It's the Christ in me. It's that Christ-like thing again. You know, what, what's me? I need to get rid of that. And I need to go for the other part. Yeah. And, uh, man, I know we all have blinders on. I, <laughs> you know, if you want to see things about yourself that you don't recognize, the best person you can ask if you have one is your husband. <laughs> <clears throat> He, he can tell you, and he can tell you in love, and you will still love him when he's done telling you. But uh, <laughs> it's amazing how, how God uses a marriage to do that and rough off those iron sharpens iron things. <laughs> 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 so that is, uh, we were talking about uh, everybody. It doesn't have to be cancer. Right. She's had cancer. Now she's had that car that wanted to go in flames. <laughs> It doesn't have to be the teenager who is not listening to you now, who's choosing to do things that they want to do and not listening to your advice or to the God that they say they love. Mm-hmm. Yet it's those things where we have to stop and we have to say, okay, this isn't me. The, the anxiety I'm feeling or the anger I'm feeling yeah. or these feelings that aren't you, Lord. Yeah. Let's let those go and try to be what you want us to be, to do what you want us to do. And God helps you. He's at work within us to do and to will his pleasure, which is just incredible to think that he's the one that's having, I I don't have to do the work. He's even doing the work in me. I just have to choose to surrender that this is what he has in mind for me. You know, I've always said my favorite Bible story always has been too: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. and the fire is seven times hotter than it ought to be, and they're going to get thrown in. And they tell the king, hey, go ahead and throw us in. But our God can save us, but even if he does it, that's right. we're not going to stop right. worshiping him. You know, that's not going to change things, no matter what 
the bad stuff is that comes to us. That's not going to change who we belong to. Mm-hmm. For it's sure. It's not going to change it. Right. So, um, yeah, two years, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Feeling good on the supplements and health-wise. Yeah. I'm back really to they good. let me do anything I wanted to do then in the <laughs> warehouse. I Mostly. Can, yeah. I could Mostly. lift as much as I wanted to without the police coming around and saying, Sharice police. Sharice police show up and I always tell her, I'm obedient, but I argue. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> She's such a sweet person, but very strong willed. <laughs> Very yes, very once, much so. Once you call rank on me. Hang <laughs> okay. around the warehouse. Lynn does what Lynn does. Uh, yep. Just like, <laughs> turn my head. She just Joe's does. Joe's famous don't words. Love. You don't have to do that. I know, Joe. I do it because I love you. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, because like when she's watching the, the kids and stuff all come home, I'm like, okay, Lynn's coming to the house. She's going to be watching the kids. I better clean up before she does. So... <laughs> It doesn't really work out that way because then she ends up helping me clean up anyway. So it's just funny, though, because she's always doing things to make my life better and help me out. She was actually, the night Thomas was born, she was with me. Mom and Allie had been there through my laboring and stuff because they kind of were trying to naturally induce me. And then Thomas was born at like 9.50 at night. And then as soon as he was born, you know, we sent out the text, oh, he's here. And she was one of the ones. And she showed up like, what, 10 or 15 minutes later? I don't think it was even that much. We had to sit outside for a minute. It was right after. So when Joe got the call, says, okay, it's almost time. Get here. Because Joe wasn't able to be with us because he had just had his massive colon oh, surgery so he was still stapled up he was sore. so he he was not doing that well with with all of that yet so she was there and then mom and Allie had been with me all day they were tired so Lynn decided to stay the night with me so then everybody else ended up going home well in the middle of the night Thomas's blood sugars were too low so then I'm like okay so they were going to transport us to because I had him at a birth center which If you have a choice, birth center, it's awesome. But they decided that we needed to go to the NICU probably because his blood sugars were just not where they wanted him to be. So they loaded me and Thomas up into the ambulance. Lynn was right behind us in her car. The ambulance people checked his blood sugar again in the ambulance and said, oh, no, it's it's perfect now. So... It's up to you if you want to go or you can stay. But I had told everybody, hey, they're transporting us. I didn't want Joe knowing quite yet because I didn't want him panicking with all of this going on. So I'm like, if we go to the hospital and once we get settled, then I'll call him and tell him what happened and what's going on and stuff. But she was there with me all night, praying with me, making sure Thomas was okay and just helping me until we were able to go home. And she actually drove Thomas and I home from the birth center. And then um, mom and Joe were there to meet us. I remember sitting behind the ambulance and the ambulance has that little window in the backs of it and the lights are on in the ambulance so you can kind of see. So I'm in the car ready to follow him to the hospital and, you know, praying for Thomas and um, 
You too just had a kid. She pushes out kids so easy. <laughs> and she has the difficult wow. births to push out the shoulders that are caught and things like that. And she still does it. It's those horn babies. Yeah, they're big they're babies. Big. big horn babies. Big babies. But I remember praying, you know, the earnest prayer for their protection. And then I got on the phone to my uh, cousin who's a midwife in Texas. Lisa, tell me what's going on in that ambulance up there. (laughs) So she went through all the druthers with me to tell me what would happen. But it wasn't long until, I mean, maybe we sat there for a half hour before the ambulance left. And uh, the ambulance driver came back and said, we've decided we don't have to take her. She's going back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. But no, it was a delight to be there. I treasured the time. It was wonderful. Yeah, so my kids call her Grandma Lynn. <laughs> Happy they to. love Grandma Lynn. <laughs> yeah. Thomas the other day, how come you don't kiss me anymore, Lynn, like you did when I was a baby? And I said, okay, you just did it, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> I wrapped him up and went to it. <laughs> and he just laughed. So it was, it was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today in the Simply His Coffee Shop. And we will be back next week to continue part two of Lynn Williams' testimony. Thank you and see you next week.